where the, the white belligerent went into a fast food restaurant and, and he got punched after calling one of the employees N-word and all kinds of names. That's the black employee punched him. Is that the case? That's, no, that's... that is Different not case, but the same... That case. Mm. But it's the same thing, same mm. premise. They can go in with white privilege to do a, a, a aggressive act or egregious act and they get... Uh, well, not promoted, what you call it, rewarded. They get a reward. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you get the opposite of the reward because mm -hmm. they were targeting you in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's all this is about. And that's what I'm talking about. So I don't like to go in offices and people feel like, oh, you did this. Oh, you've got a record. Oh, you've got that. Well, y'all got records and they're real long. And you see it really <laughs> You burnt people. You lynched and tortured your women. See it there and TTT and Kiki while you did all that nasty. Mm -hmm. And you ain't no saint. And they need to stop playing it. And I'm going to leave you with this here. Watch this. I was just telling my old lady. They traded Jesus for your trouble. You supposed to grab Jesus and run with Jesus. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The first COVID-19 vaccines for children younger than age five have cleared the final hurdles necessary to become available to the public. Here's NPR's Rob Stein reporting. A key advisory committee to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention unanimously recommended babies, toddlers, and preschoolers get new low-dose pediatric vaccines of the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines. And CDC Director Rochelle Walensky immediately endorsed the recommendation. Those are the last steps in what has been a long, frustrating process in clearing the vaccines and means children younger than age five can now start getting vaccinated. This is the last group to become eligible for vaccination against COVID-19. The federal government has started shipping out millions of doses of the vaccines, so pediatricians, hospitals, pharmacies, and clinics should be able to start vaccinating children as young as six months old. Rob Stein, NPR News. The Biden administration planning to make the vaccines available to the under five age groups this week. Today marks one year since Juneteenth became the nation's newest federal holiday. NPR Cheryl Corley reports it was June 19th in 1865 when slaves in Galveston, Texas finally learned they were free. For years, in pockets of the country, there have been parades, church services, and other public events celebrating the day Texas slaves learned about the Emancipation Proclamation. Milwaukee, Wisconsin held its first Juneteenth parade 51 years ago. This year's Grand Marshal is Cavalier Johnson, the city's first elected black mayor. People in some circles believe that Juneteenth is strictly a, an African-American um, holiday, but really it's not. It's, it's, it's an African-American experience, but uh, it's an American holiday. Johnson says as more people learn about Juneteenth and the freedoms and opportunities that have come in its aftermath, it will be as celebrated as other American holidays. Cheryl Corley, NPR News. Black abortion rights leaders say they're preparing to take steps to ensure people of color have access to abortion, even if the Roe versus Wade decision is overturned by the Supreme Court. NPR Sarah McCammon has more from Saturday's Reproductive Rights March in Washington held in honor of the Juneteenth holiday. Organizers say reproductive rights and racial justice activists will have to rely on each other in a post-row world to help people get access to abortion. Activists say they hope to mobilize voters and promote organizations like abortion funds that help patients pay for the procedure. They say the impact of criminalizing abortion in much of the country would disproportionately fall on people of color. Thousands also on hand in Washington this weekend to call on political leaders to act on a range of policy issues affecting low-income and working-class people, including gun control and increasing the minimum wage. The rally was organized by the Poor People's Campaign. You're listening to NPR News. Employees at an Apple store outside Baltimore have joined the push to unionize workers in the retail, tech, and service industries. A union statement says more than 100 Apple retail workers in Towson, Maryland, voted to organize this weekend by a nearly two-to-one margin of first among Apple retail workers. A champion will be crowned today at the U.S. Open Golf Tournament in Brookline, Massachusetts. Players have begun teeing off in today's final round. Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick share the lead and will play together in the final pairing later this afternoon. Greg Eklund reports. Nine years ago, on the same golf course, Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur Championship, the first Englishman to win that event since 1911. Fitzpatrick believes his past success at the country club will give him an edge in the final round. 
you've really got to think about where where you want to hit it, where you don't want to hit it. Um, and compared to other golf courses we play on tour, it's uh, it certainly gives gives that to me, and and that's why that's why I like it. Both Fitzpatrick and Will Zelatoris are seeking their first wins in a major championship. Last year's U.S. Open winner John Rahm of Spain is one shot behind the co-leaders. For NPR News, I'm Greg Eklund. Hockey's Stanley Cup final is moving to Tampa Bay for tomorrow night's Game 3 in the Best of 7 series. The Colorado Avalanche leads the series two games to nothing after last night's victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Avalanche beat Tampa Bay 7 to nothing. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, this is D-Rod the Poet from Poetry Is. Sundays at 8 p.m. on WMNF. Check out our community's next Poet of the Month. 15 miles of Wish You Were Here, First Gateway to Tampa, Sweet Times on the River, and a Plunge in Sulphur Springs. Nebraska Avenue, Glory of the Twenties. But Tim Canturis left before we were born. The high flume ride was scrapped for Alpine Liquors. The fancy arcade made way for a dog track. That was Gianna Russo, July's Poet of the Month. Hear the whole poem, learn more about the artist and how WMNF supports its local art community at WMNF.org. Now you don't have to wait till 9 a.m. to hear Democracy Now! You can hear it every morning at 8 a.m. on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can hear it online at WMNF.org slash listen. That's Democracy Now! weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on WMNF's The Source and 9 a.m. on our main channel. And it's replayed on The Source at 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. But right now, you are tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM with Walter L. Smith II and me, Patrick Mobile. And today is Juneteenth. It's also Father's Day, and we are also commemorating Sickle Cell, World Sickle Cell Day. And uh, taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Or you can write us, dj at wmnf.org. Here's Walter. All right, all right, all right. We're back. We're back. You know, one thing about being who we are, Mobilia, you know, is music. This is also black, black music. music. Yes, yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> Funny you should say that, Mobilia. Funny you should say that. Because one of my favorites is, uh, I love to hear the time. Oh, yeah. Right? Morris Day, Bad Boy, right? <laughs> we got Jimmy Jam and, and um, what's the other gentleman? Terry Lewis. Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam out of there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Let's check this out. And Jelly Bean Benitez out of that group, too. That was awesome, <laughs> right? So uh, let's check out the time real quick in cool right cool. here on the Sunday Forum. Hey 
That's the most peaceful word in the hood, huh? Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to like that jam. That's yeah. it. That is the jam, man. That's that was that was Morris Day in the Time right here on the Sunday forum on WMF 88.5 Tampa. It is now uh 12 minutes, 12 minutes after the hour of nine. We got some more calls in the line. Let's go to those calls real quick and then let's get back on, on topic, okay? All right. Let's do it. Is this still Ron? Yeah, man, I ain't getting my little rando. Oh, <laughs> right. here we go. What's up, Ron? Hit it. Yeah, yeah, y'all let everybody else get in, which I appreciate too because y'all some good people, man. I got mm-hmm. to get you there. Yeah, y'all good people, man. Thank I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm not faking. And, and, you know, we have good people, but a lot of times it gets misrepresented, misinterpreted, and mischaracterized at the most. So my thing was this, like I was just saying before that NPR went off. We was giving Jesus Christ in place of uh, getting whooped, beat, and took advantage of because we supposed to see the better part of another man who had uh, suffered just as much or more than we so-called suffered. So this is where our religion is being born out of. And we being taken advantage of through that system because that was the way installed by the slave master to control the ones they could control. The ones they could not control, they were told to destroy ostracized experiment on etc man and that's the reality that's yeah. what's really going that's going on today brother yeah christianity keeps telling us to forgive everything <laughs> that's it's the first thing we do even when we got shot up nine people shot up in in that church and in, in, in uh the carolinas mm-hmm. we forgive we'll you late. <laughs> we'll be late that's why i went in the military i ain't got that kind of forgiveness right there <laughs> <laughs> it's called do what you need to do Right. And I think black people better start realizing that because nobody's going to come to their assistance or rescue until we change this thing from you beat me down, it's okay. And I, I, I listen to this uh, preacher on short takes. If anybody has a good mind, look at short takes every day. You'll see they got preachers on there talking about how they beat you out of ties, how they lying to you, how <laughs> uh, they coming in the church talking about men and men can go together and women and women, they prefer the whole what we was talking about religion. But I ain't gonna get into that. That's all politics. I have nothing to do with your bedroom. You can do it if you want to, because I'm not gonna be in there with you. <laughs> I like that. Unless you're a female, so that's me. But, <laughs> that's you. Yeah, but but they got people that perverting that for benefit and for gain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want a big uh, mega church. You want all these riches and stuff. Meanwhile, the people starve and they can't pay their bills. They don't have nowhere to live, and their children going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. So there's something wrong with that picture. We don't have the cattle on a, a thousand hills we're supposed to have. We don't have the storehouse we're supposed to have to feed our own, to take care of our own. And even in the incident, what I told you, I was going to this old uh, so-called preacher Lewis down there on the back. He wasn't but a crook. So 
because he took money from my dad and I called him out and I hit him if I see him. So this truth, he, he, he sat there in the church and was robbing people wearing jewelry and all this stuff and promoting all that, buying property. And like I'm telling you, I learned because I studied and showed myself approved. They should have been buying cattle to feed their congregation. They should have been buying chickens to feed them. They should have been buying everything to feed their people besides some vainless, portionless words. Like they're using a magic potion on you with them words. And that's what it's designed to do. So if we had the cows, we had all this stuff, we wouldn't have to send our children to work to McDonald's. They wouldn't have to go work to Burger King or they'd be selling the cows to Burger King. <laughs> because a, a man told me that one time, a, a bit of a... Uh, we was getting uh, one time at an art show and, and these Caucasian people and they told me straight up, you want to make money as a hamburger joint on every corner, bro? Buy you some cows. See? They tell you, some people is good people, man. I ain't saying Caucasian people because I got them in my bloodline, man. Right. But the ones that's evil, it's evil. Uh, they the devil. I'm not giving them no pass. Hmm. Well, got a guy up here talking about one culture. All he care about is one culture. He cares, gun care. Okay, when I come out looking like Rambo, 238 in the side, Two shots cross me, a tech cross me, everything I want, and you got your little one pistol. So you play that crazy stuff you want to about, you can open carry. That's what needs to happen. You're going to turn Florida into Wild Wild West. Yeah, you want to play crazy, let's just go ahead and wrap it up, buddy. Then everybody stay in the house and everybody be running every damn day from this crap because you're stupid. That's stupidity. Hmm. All of who's saying that stuff, somebody some open carry. You already got the police open carry, and they don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> Hey, Ron, let's get somebody else in on this. But I appreciate okay. that, man. Yeah, blessings, man. All right, man. All right. Taking your telephone calls. You're on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Good morning. Peace and blessings. Yes. Good morning, Queen Mother. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. I would just first like to acknowledge the conscious awakening of our people as we participate in the ongoing celebration and work toward our total freedom. Right. Uh, we used to say in the Uhuru Movement, yes, it is Juneteenth, and we would never stop honoring those that struggle and fought uh, to end that brutality of, of, of inhumanity. But... In every step that we have made, there has been forces within side of society, as Mobili laid out, that want to retain power over our lives. So even coming out in the, the writing of the Emancipation Proclamation, we had the 13th Amendment that put back in bondage those based on laws they created uh, that put a large percentage of our people back into slavery. And I think about all the men's and women now uh, that is under, say, in particular, of uh, federal incarceration. A lot of them there, not because of any violent crime, but crimes that has been written up based on, say, uh, lack uh, or no economic opportunity and the only chain of resources has been uh, what has been forced for them to sell in their own community. We know that to be true. And to every African father that's incarcerated, that has struggled through phone calls to stay in touch with their families and their children's lives, a definitely happy, happy Father's Day to them. So as we move toward uh, Juneteenth and the continuation of our freedom, let us not let them define how we will carry out our work. Uh, that if we say critical race theory, if they say that, and that keeps us bogged down from opening up freedom school, liberation teaching, let us do what we must do. That's our responsibility. I have far more appreciation for somebody like a, a Fannie Lou Hamer or Harriet Tubman that did not have a Ph.D., up under their uh, criteria, but had enough sense to know that it is things that is so inhumane that we must continue to you know struggle to be free. That's our charge. That as you work, uh, brother Walter and uh, brother Mabili, uh, 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 to to educate on Sunday, we don't need to get bogged down to things that we know that they are resistant toward. Our instructions are to make sure 
and we're using our time to educate and uplift our people to the next level. So peace and blessings to you brothers out there that is willing to take the charge to get on the front line to the sisters. You know what? I'm going to step my game up because what I'm recognizing, brothers, uh, is that the very people, even right now in our city, that will raise a flag to support Juneteenth will be the same people come Monday will make sure that economically black communities are left behind. They will ensure that gentrification continue in our community and we don't have no place to live and our people are then uh, left with a bunch of hopelessness. So we have a lot of work to do. I appreciate you and all power to the people always. All right, Queen Mother. Thank you so much, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's real. That's very real. Um, we... Another another aspect of this whole thing is to look at what liberation, what, you know, what what is liberation? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Does it look like where we are now? Right, and how do you keep it? How do you keep it? Yeah, because what she said about the 13th Amendment, I mean, on the one hand, you needed the 13th Amendment to recognize citizenship, and on the other hand, it was a way that for the South, that codicil of for the exception of commission of a crime, you can be enslaved. Uh, that allowed the South to continue a form of enslavement. That's right. Through That's incarceration. Right. That's right. And that lasted, I mean, it it expanded. I mean, you can still have the chain gang still looked like <laughs> the the gang of, of the enslaved walking down the street. Yeah. You know, chained up. Yeah. You know, so the, the whole tenor didn't the vision the visuals of white supremacy didn't change I after remember, the 13th I remember my mother uh, was in court one day uh, for those of you who don't know my mother is uh, is an attorney and when we when I was a kid uh, in Tallahassee they would chain the black kids up in orange jumpsuits <laughs> and march them into the courtroom mm, for court she noticed that there was a white kid that walked into the courtroom and he didn't have any chains on him. See. Right? That's and blatant. she stopped. She stopped the court proceedings. It wasn't even her turn. <laughs> she stopped the whole court proceedings and said, listen, no. No, 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 no. This is going to stop. She went to the judge and she told him, listen, I want those chains taken off of these, these boys. These black boys. Right. Now, if they can walk around like this right here, if if, uh, if they have to walk around like this, the white boy got to walk around like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so much, um, so much going on that we're not looking at. We're right. not taking paying attention to. Uh-huh. Uh, the housing thing is another thing that now we're paying even closer attention to than we did before. Yeah. Because now we so much in competition for housing. Yeah, man. Yeah, can't afford to go in there. Can't believe it. can't even take a can't even take on any any housing at all. Right, at all. The risk. Yeah, caller, you're on Sunday Forum. Go ahead. Hello, uh, Walter Walter L. Smith the second, Mabili, and the absent Mika, the Queen. That Queen Mother was right on point. We need to do, we have to have freedom schools. Mm-hmm. The Muslims have schools on Sunday. I'm a Muslim. I, I just turned Muslim about uh, two months ago. And the Muslims have schools on Sundays for their kids. Um, you know, uh, author Alonso Schomburg amassed that collection because a Puerto Rican with an Iberian mentality, a teacher with an Iberian mentality, a Spanish mentality, told him that black people had no history. So he set out to do prove that person wrong. Mm-hmm. I went to that collection. I took student. I took young men from my neighborhood to that collection. You know, in, in in the before I, I guess uh, maybe the first year of college or before the first year of college to go to the Schomburg collection. That library was not what it is today. 
today is a brick building. It should have been a bigger building on 135th Atlantic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. No one can take out books there. You have to study them there. That's right. That's right. All right. So another thing that I have to say is DeSantis is a Mussolini. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, a lot of my uh, Italian comrades may think differently because of the media, but he is backwards. He wants to be another Trump. He wants to be the second dictator in the 21st century. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I've been from Baker Acted from, from Lakeland to, Tata, to Chattahoochee, partly because of the mistakes that my father made calling up 911 instead of 834-863-834-6900. And, but, you know, I love my father. My father did a lot of things for me. He did a lot of things for me. He got me a job. He gave me a job as a, in a full brush company <laughs> as a delivery young youngster. And, uh, he got me a job in 320 Central Park West and in Manhattan as a concierge and elevator man. I got myself a job after that, after the midnight shift, the graveyard shift in the library. And my uncle helped me out too on Friday, Saturdays in a Howard clothes store in Brooklyn in, in the Bronx. Howard and Ripley were two. They're supposed to be competitors that are really the whole the same company. Anyway, I don't want to go into that story. But uh, I just want to say that we have to amass together against Charlie Chris, a four college for Charlie Chris, Republican, Democrat, independent. And uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, hey man, thank you, man. We appreciate you, Fredo. Happy Father's Day to you, brother. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. Hey, Mabin. Yes, sir. I just feel like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like some Angie Stone. Okay. Right? Angie Stone. And, and, and you know who she reminds me of? Mm -hmm. Queen Mother. She reminds me of Connie Burton. Okay. Every time I hear this song, I think of Connie Burton... When I think of anybody else when I hear this song, it's called Brother. Okay, well, right this here. was dedicated to Connie Burton. Dedicated to Connie Burton. Right here on the Sunday Forum. Hope you're listening, Sister Connie.
Dedicated to all the brothers out there. Yes, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, and yeah. it's also dedicated because she reminds me so much of a the Queen Mother, the Queen Mother, Connie Burton. Okay. Oh man, listen, because she has. Let me tell you, that lady has what the unshakable faith in us, the unshakable faith, man. And that's what we got to have, man. When we start looking at the at the black family, uh, and the black family structure, we've got to have and get back to the point that we have. Um, the the unshakable faith in who we are, right? We have to listen. Let me tell you something, Mabini. You my brother, yes, sir. I have unshakable faith in you. You get what I'm saying? I know that I, I know that I know that I know that I can count on you. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And I should be able to feel that way about all of my brothers out there. All my brothers and my sisters out there. That is what Juneteenth is about. Right? Not just being able to go out there and cook out or whatever it is, man, and sell some shirts. No. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of action. And not just marching, man. Right, It's right. a time for us to move, man. To move. M-O-V-E, baby. Edify the mind. I mean, we used to have Monday night history courses, classes in the hood. Oh, man. We need to get back to that. It, not just history, all subjects. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Listen, man. You know, yesterday, uh, I was thinking to myself as I was driving in and out of Tampa and to you know in different parts of Tampa and everything I was looking and I saw the <laughs> I saw the Nubian Hebrews I think it is um uh, the Hebrew Israelites Hebrew Israelites that's it Hebrew Israelites they were out there on 22nd Street and let, let me be clear folks I don't have to share the the beliefs I don't have to share it at all what got me about it was the fact that it reminded me of what I saw in New York, what, I see, what I've seen in Chicago, what I've seen in, in South Africa even. I, I've seen these these people uh, preaching uh, a black theology, right? The, the concept of the black theology is born in the concept of liberation. In the concept of building a self-image as a positive self-image, because when the, when the black theology was created, 
It was created for the purposes of being able to give us morale in a time when we were released from being beaten for hundreds of years and now being released into, into the world. Many of us uneducated and trying to figure out who we were and trying to regain something, some semblance of identity, right? Uh, and then you have someone like a W.E.B. Du Bois who came along in 1899 and literally, you know, literally comes up with this study about the Philadelphia Negro that disputes everything that we that we that we that that was that was put out there about black people. Yeah, well, he, anything could have disputed the stuff that oh, was already out there. <laughs> God, that was that was, I mean, that was disgusting. I mean, but the eugenics concepts, yeah, right, that were put in place were not based on any type of scientific None anything. Of it was. This was a backwater country because oh. it was all politics. It was all about maintaining white supremacy. Absolutely, man. I mean, listen, that's what. That's where we look at the concept of the black family. So, as we said, like I said, we're going to look at the black family, right? We're going to take a look at slavery, and let, so so let's look at it real quick. As we as we look at slavery, we look at years, years, generations, not just um, something that just happened um, one time, happened in a passing phase. No, this happened consistently, consistently. In order to strip us of who we were. So it's a matter of, like, I'm going to get me one of those shirts, bro. It says Kunta Kinte. Okay. Yeah. Right? Not Toby. Right. Right? And that that's a very profound statement. That's a very profound. Yeah, that hit me when I saw it oh. played out on TV. But it hit me, which is why I use the name Mobili to this day. Right. You know, right. It, was a, it was a replacement of right. white supremacist names. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is why Malcolm X used X. Right, <laughs> right, right. And yeah, we, we lost that. people. Yeah, let's remember that, man. Uh, and, and and we've got to. I don't think you know. In all in all honesty, you know, there's a point now. I think that we you're, you're right. That terminology, lost people. Mm-hmm. But I say lost found. And yeah. I say lost found because, like, with the nation, it was the nation of Islam. It's the lost found nation of Islam, right? We're, we're in this wilderness, right. right? And we are finding ourselves. So when I read about Clarence Thirteen X, and I read about I read about uh, Noble Drew Ali, I read about Marcus Garvey, and read about these people. Read about these people. This is the early 1900s. Only everybody that was a part of that movement was the majority of people that were part of these movements were former slaves in 1928. Right. Mm-hmm. These people were former slaves. Right. Where they remembered the whole system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, noble Drew Ali. I mean, think about the Moorish temples. Right. Yeah. What were you learning? Science, mathematics. And speaking of the Moors, the Moors, just to throw it out there, to put it all into context, the uh, this whole Juneteenth, you know, the emancipation from slavery, slavery began probably as early as 1415, you know, at a time when the Moors were, uh, were ascendant mm-hmm. in Europe and the Europeans probably had a, a still a memory of the Crusades, so here were They're kind of sore about that. <laughs> yeah, so here they were. The Portuguese finally in fourteen fifteen controls all of West Africa, right? And we know what ensues since then. Right. You know, this whole white supremacy goes back quite a ways, and so this resistance against slavery, which includes Juneteenth right. and the Juneteenth celebration, is part of a long running struggle that goes back. To the 1400s, and when we, when we in our continent was at its zenith. That's right. That's right. And 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 we have got to remember that um, to understand that is to understand who we are. We have to have a better knowledge of self. Right. And our children That's have lost point. that. Right. When when we allow white children to run around and use the N word. 
and we and we going back and forth with them about it. Like it's like it's nothing. Well, they got it from us. We got it from us. <laughs> we girl, got it I mean. from them, and and we, we got to hold that double standard. Right now, I'm just telling you flat out. We have to we have to hold that double standard. Mm-hmm. Right. I you know hey, I can say it, but you can't. Right. It is. Or just don't say it at all. But you have to question why does that word why of all that, words is still so fresh? You know it why? It cuts like a knife, dude. We've changed words and terminologies from generation to generation, but that one yes. persists. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Let's go to these phone lines, man. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Let's get let's talk to these folks oh. here, and we can go a little deeper into this thing. All right. Thank you for your patience, caller. <laughs> go ahead. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, Hudu. Hudu, what's going on, man? Man, what's going on, Brother African? All right, Brother African, you all right? Man, I ain't got no complaints and no problems I can't solve. I hear you, brother. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just really want to appreciate this discussion, man, and, and add to it if I can. But yes, before sir. I do that, and lest I forget, uh, lest I forget, as we would say in the church, lest I forget, um, <laughs> I'm going to make sure my man Ron has my number. I guess anybody else listening is going to have it too, but it's 813-810-3582. 813-810-3582. If you're listening, Ron, go ahead and hit me up. You can also email me at lifemalcolmlaw at, uh, lifemalcolmlaw. No, lifemalcolm at lifemalcolmlaw.com. Lifemalcolm at lifemalcolmlaw.com. Um, alright, so, Juneteenth, man, a couple things, right? Juneteenth has always been, I shouldn't say always, but I'm a member of the African People's Socialist Party, and since I have been a member of the African People's Socialist Party, and under the, uh, instruction and, and, and influence of Chairman Amari used to tell us, Chairman Amari used to tell us teaching of African internationalism, that theory, uh, I've come to understand Juneteenth as a, you know, kind of oxymoronic the holiday, if you will. I mean, just the idea that we celebrating that we got told late that we <laughs> that we supposed to be free. Is, you know, that's, that's just a hell of a that's a hell of a thing. Uh, what, what, uh, I, and uh, observing these kinds of celebrations and thinking about them over the course of time, one thing that uh, struck me is that our sisters and brothers in Haiti didn't have to get no announcement that somebody made them free because they took it for themselves. They they knew right away. Uh, when 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 they were free, and uh, I, I just want to express to everybody listening who cares about a right world, uh, a R I G H T world, a right world, uh, African people and other oppressed people around the world have the responsibility to take our freedom, not you know pray for it, vote for it, sing for it, march for it, all the other stuff. We're gonna have to do the hard work that everybody else did. Uh, to, to get freedom when when they got free. Uh, Chairman Mao said that political power comes from the barrel of the gun, and he waged a successful revolution. That at some point, even Malcolm X observed that uh, there were no more toms in China because of the uh, because of the the revolutionary theory Mao Zedong uh, 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 injected into the Revolutionary Party that brought uh, his his nation to revolutionary successful revolutionary conclusions. We gonna have to fight. Uh, her. Ron, and I usually, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of things that Ron says, but I, you know, I'm gonna have to say, challenge this idea that open carry is a bad idea. I mean, look, there's a reason why the police open carry because it's a, the gun is a deterrent. You know, uh, people, but well, you're a big man. How many times people get run up on you? If somebody ran up on you, I bet you had somebody with them. You know, uh, <laughs> people don't just run up on, uh, you know, uh, people who look like they have, you know, some kind of way to deter them from this kind of, uh, of, of you know, brutality and violence. Right. And so uh, uh, the reality is we going to have to fight. There's no way around it. I mean, and all the people who want to run from it, run around it, you know, try to find some other kind of way. I mean, even the most beloved of uh, 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 characters in our history, Jesus. Even Jesus told his disciples, like, hey, at one point I told you that, you know, don't carry a sword. But now I'm telling you, if you don't have a sword, sell your coat and your cloak and get strapped. I mean, it's, 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 even Jesus came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Martin Luther King Jr., who people often tout as some 
peace-loving person came to the conclusion that when, uh, you know, echoing uh, the, the white boy that got killed right from Kennedy, you know, echoing saying that uh, uh, when people make a nonviolent revolutionary impossible, they make a violent revolutionary, make a violent revolution inevitable. And so, and, and I guess in turn, make violent revolutionaries uh, <laughs> inevitable. And so uh, we, we got to fight. We cannot be afraid of violence. There's this other white man, I can't think of his name right now, but he he was a lawyer, I believe, and he, or uh, maybe a judge, uh, he had this brilliant analogy where he said that this idea of equivalence, you know, where uh, it, it's like where uh, uh, somebody pushes, where somebody tries to make the person who pushes a old lady from in front of an oncoming bus the same as the person who pushes the old lady in front of the oncoming bus because they're both pushing old ladies around. And you know, Malcolm also gave us an analogy that just because somebody breaks in your house and makes it, you know, they're trying to rob you and you grab your gun and run them out, you know, that don't make you a robber in reverse. So we have to understand that uh, everything has to have a two-word end. Uh, talking, uh, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, uh, uh, if you're just in like 90 seconds, I think I can just clean it up, you know, uh, uh, you know yeah. So this idea about this white boy who went uh, uh, to Buffalo and, and murdered these people because he had the N-word on the gun, with, with the N-word on the gun, and he had, man, this, this white boy killing for his nation. We round here killing each other for nothing. Uh, $150, a uh, little piece of crap, uh, you know, a little piece of food, something like that. You know, these white people are serious about uh, protecting their nation, whether they believe in this uh, replacement theory or not. And we intend to replace them, and they know we intend to replace them. And they're doing, the, they doing, they, they doing the stuff they're supposed to do to protect their nation. These white people killing for nationalism. Every time the police shoot an African, they're killing for the white nation. Whether it's the African police he, or not, he's working for the white uh, nation. You know, every time it's for the nation. And so uh, if we must be, and history shows us, if we must be violent uh, for the for the protection and defense and the the, the rise of uh, um, our nation, then we got to do it. Because you know, the free, uh, freedom schools ain't going to exist too long if we ain't got nobody to protect them. Mm. And, mm. Uh, you know, mm. yeah. And so I, I, I would tell you this, that some of us uh, understand, well, let me say this, uh, fortune and freedom ain't the same thing. There's a difference between being fortunate and a difference between being free. And there are some of us who are fortunate enough to know the difference and uh, smart enough to fight to get free. Join the African People's Socialist Party. If you're African, join the African People's Socialist Party. Why not get organized? Why not fight? Don't be scared. I'll be scared, but be courageous enough to get over your fear. If you're a white person, join the African People's Solidarity Movement. Fight for freedom, man. You know, it's, you know, we can't just talk about it in these, you know, high and pious ways and all these, you know, you know, breaking down the weather theory. Not man, we, we man, people out here dying, starving, homeless, sick. I mean, it's all because of colonialism, the colonial domination we suffer under every day. And the only way out is to fight. If you can show me a point in history where that that could prove me uh, wrong, it's just, man, show it to me. I love to have the, the discussion. I gave my phone number out. But if you, if we want to get out from under this colonial domination, we are going to have to fight. Yes. We had a revolution without bloodshed. Absolutely. Uh, All right, I appreciate you. Hey, man, listen, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the words. You know, Juneteenth, June Uru, brother. Um, he has a point, and there, and there has been bloodshed. There has been bloodshed. Well, the point that I was making at the beginning of the show is, is that when when Granger came to to, to Galveston, Texas, it the, the story of Juneteenth is often put in the context of the news travel, right. but right. to life's point, it was about the power. Nobody had the power. I mean. Those who were ex-enslaved weren't armed right. at the time. You know, they they could have been armed if they fought on the side of the Confederacy in the Civil War, or maybe if they fought on the side of the Union. Some of them did. Some of them joined the Union. That was the the fifty fourth Regiment. But the fact is, nobody had the power. It take it took the ability through force to go to white supremacists. Texas, white supremacist Galveston, and tell them because there were those who resisted. There were those who resisted the emancipation because 
You know, they said somebody in the uniform has to come up here and force me, tell me. And that's what it took. It took guns. It took a force. Yes. It took a union military to come down and and enforce it. What a representation. It, it took the power to do it. What a representation. Right? Yeah. Um, we got some more calls on that. We, we, we have... We we have a hell of a history. We have a hell of a history. When mm-hmm. we look at the at the family dynamics, uh, we cannot ignore how these how we were torn apart. We cannot ignore how we were torn right. apart. Another another part of the analysis that has to be continuously done, the scholarship that has to be done, is to look at the black family. And look at what it was then and look at where we are now. There was a lot of change after the emancipation. A lot of families were looking for each other. <laughs> a lot of people took the power to change their names from the master slave names. Uh, there were a lot of people reorganizing. Right. They, were, they were going to get land in places that they had uh, some modicum of safety and power to do it. You know, taking and, land. And I mean, every we time that we had an opportunity mm-hmm. for it, my baby. It was taken from us. Yeah, that was always a fight. I mean, probably one of the most violent periods in history, in American history, was the history after the emancipation. Exactly. Was everything that happened after the emancipation, whites went more violent because to them, it was about survival. Mm -hmm. It was about white survival, white power. And white survival meant white power. And so... Yeah, it was probably one of the most violent periods in our history. And we cannot ignore the fact that these things happened and that uh, imagine your child being sold away from you. Yeah. It's hard for us to imagine that today. Never to be seen again. Yeah, and, and prisons often feel the same way. You, you can't afford to call them. You can't afford to go visit them. So it was almost as if they were taken away into slavery. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? All right. All right. I mean, here's how I, I, I look at it when you look at those who, in Juneteenth, that you see the, the value, or better yet, you see how, uh, how the power of trying to keep people misinformed and uneducated, you know, and stuff. I'm sure there were a few of us in that group that knew that there had been something that had taken place or were told that there was something that took place uh, quite some time ago and that uh, or so. But uh, the idea to keep people uh, uh, uneducated, in other words, you lack their ability to, to, to read, to, to understand math, to able or science, and those sort of things, or the world around them, and also to keep them misinformed, that attitude continues to today. You right. know, so where you have now kids who uh, come out of school, or you have schools that are deprived of math and science and those sort of things, that is works on the same concept <laughs> as those who during the Juneteenth, uh, 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 during the liberation of the folks in Galveston had that type of misinformation treatment put upon them and stuff. Uh, and uh, that you hear today that the most educated, uh, 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 the, the most dangerous person is, is an educated uh, black person, male or female, or even an educated female. You know, you see this in, 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 in the abortion uh, situation. You know, and, and women's rights, you know, reflects the same thing as a society to keep women at home and keep them barefoot and pregnant and keep them uh, misinformed and uneducated. And we've seen this practice, you know, in South Africa, I mean, in, in Africa uh, and in other Caribbean countries. I'll say this about myself, that I was fortunate that my parents, I, my dad, you know, I don't feel like I was ever cultured, but my dad... And mother was from Panama. My dad told us, my dad and mother told us stories of having uh, been in back in the 20s in Marcus Garvey's army and, mm. and, and the great uh, and the uh, Black Star Line and stuff. I can remember when I was a kid and when I grew up in Detroit going to the UNIA Hall the uh, 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 and the 
uh, and the goal was one aim, one goal, one destiny. I grew up around that that environment. My father was a carpenter. He built everything. He didn't have it. He built everything. I said he raised six of us, and all of us, I mean, he and my mother raised six boys, and all of us were fortunate to go to college but they did, and, and get our education. But we then still see the, the, the barriers that people try to put into us and try to marginalize our, our education. And that's a struggle that I, I'm, I'm fighting myself, right? Our a group of us are fighting right now. So again, it gets down to, you know, what we mean is with, 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 with Juneteenth, that we must always resist folks trying to, uh, to, to, to tell us that what we can't do or what we shall not do or, and that sort of thing. I go to the, the goals that my father set. You know, he yeah, did, he finished high school at, at the Spanish school in Panama. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I can think that he, uh, 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 put past those values down, down, down to us. My dad, when he was 86, learned to play dolphin. He traveled all over the world and stuff. And that's what I want to be. And then I'll go up and be just like him <laughs> if I can uh, and live to 104 years old like he did, having just passed last August and stuff. So that's the value I think of uh, what I think about uh, uh, Father's Day, Juneteenth, and that I've provided a foundation. Walt, you know you were provided with a foundation too because you had one of those fathers that traveled all the world was interested. Well, it wasn't provincial thinking, but was worldwide thinking, brother. That's why you and I get along and stuff, because <laughs> you're a worldwide thinker, brother. You know, you don't know it. You may not know it, but you're a worldwide thinker, man, you know, and stuff. So that's what we, that's what we, that's what uh, I think about how I celebrate and, and, and contribute to my, 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 uh, to, to, to Father's Day and Juneteenth. All thank right. you so much. Hey, man. Thank you, brother. Happy Father's Day to you, Bill. Right. Um, we got another call. Yeah, one last call. One last so call. Let's go. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Oh, good morning. First fighter here. Just uh, was wondering what the caller meant when he said DeSantis is a Mussolini. I haven't caught the whole show. Was it maybe the state guard that um, he was referring to? If you talked about that earlier, because um, no. So, then, uh, that's more like decentralization of power, and I think Mussolini, being a fascist, would have been a poor centralization of power. Uh, he didn't explain it, but it sounds like he was talking about all of the political shenanigans DeSantis is engaging in right now. Well, you know, I think he's also um, quite uh, the credit for decentralization of power when it comes to the multinational corporations like the pharma companies that have no liability, which is certainly fascist and mandating the shots on people. And, you know, you, if you look at uh, Walgreens, uh, go to their COVID-19 tracker, and page three, it shows that the more COVID shots you get, the higher the case rate of COVID. So it's certainly a pandemic. Oh, yeah, but you won't be as sick if, you, if you're vaccinated. According to what uh, researchers say. According data. to what people are experiencing. Well, we weren't talking about COVID necessarily, Walter. So yeah, we're almost out of time. Yeah, let's, 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 let's wrap hey, up. Listen, man. Hey, listen, I want to thank everybody for joining us today as we had this discussion. We're going to talk some more about it. Uh, we're going to carry this, this discussion about, about the scholarship of our history mm-hmm. and, and what is necessary in order to keep the conversation going and the education going. The, the knowledge of self is going to be very critical for all of us as we move forward uh, in this life, in this society. And we, it starts with us. It starts with us. We cannot let anybody stop us, no one, from being able to push on That's and right. what needs to be done. Um, this Juneteenth, this Juneteenth, hold your head up high, folks. Uh, enjoy your time with your family, friends. Sit and listen to the elders. Ask them stories, right? Yeah. And and get those stories, record them, do everything yeah. you can to learn more about yourself, get knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. Show respect to your elders. Show respect to yourselves. Love your children, boys and girls. Love each other. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. We're going to go out with Georgiana. 
by the late, great Sonny Fortune right here on WMNF 8.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. The Postmodern Hoot Nanny is next. Keep it tuned, 88.5.